When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Another day, another dollar. <laughs> Get to see everybody wide awake and ready. I'm gonna switch it up and and share something personal. Let's go for it. I was approached um, not too long ago by a pretty big um, organization to share um, several episodes um, and actually record them, and which we're actually currently working on that. Uh, and they're going to be, you know, YouTubed, so um, you'll be able to see them uh, here in the future. Uh, but one of the big things that we're doing is uh, with this uh, this next plan is that they asked me to make these videos um, because they're going to present them to uh, the court system and uh, to the prison system as well um, by this big organization. And what they're going to do is they're going to make a program for inmates that are about to get released. And so it's going to be something like a 10 to 15 uh, course uh, video, which they'll sit down and and, and they'll watch uh, me really talk about how I successfully uh, broke the pattern of going in and out of prison, jails and juvenile halls. And, uh, it's a very exciting program that we're working on, uh, but I want to want to give you just a little taste of that today, um, if I could. You know, um, I've been out for a very long time. Uh, I've enjoyed the freedom that God has given me uh, out here. Um, it's been a struggle on the road uh, to this point in my life. Uh, a lot of people look at success, you know, a bit different. It varies from person to person, right? I mean, if you ask somebody, what is success to you? Um, if you ask 10 people, they're going to give you 10 different answers. Many of them would say, you know, a house, uh, you know, a nice car, a dream job, a dream career, a new business, a family. There, there's just a, a whole array of things that come to mind when we think about success. And for me, my uh, the way I view success is it, it's different. Um, 
it's quite different from uh, from the ordinary person. To me, success is raising a family. Uh, it's you know working hard, uh, developing different avenues of income, uh, so that I don't have to just depend on one thing. You know. And again, you know that that's my view. Um, doesn't mean that it's a perfect view. It could be very different. I, I find I have found people that work a nine to five, and and they they're having the time of their life. So you could actually you know do that and 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 just be fine, and and you're a success story. So it varies from from person to person. But for me, uh, how I stayed out is is you know there's one thing that was in my mind prior to getting released. And again, you know, you read my story in the book, The Shot Caller. Um, I, I, I speak about it. I write about it uh, very vividly. I think that changing your environment is the key, or at the very least, the first step that you need to take if you're coming out of prison. If, if your loved one is coming out of prison... The worst thing that that uh, ex-convict could do to himself is parole to the same environment, to the same streets, to the same uh, things that we're so used to looking at. Same buildings, same blocks, same graffiti on the walls, same you know neighborhood, same individuals. And if you're serious about staying out, maybe you're you're just tuned in somebody recommended this podcast to you and you just got out of prison out of the county jail out of a juvenile hall whatever it is and i mean this i hope that you're going to learn something very quickly here and if you take hold of it i believe that you're you could very well be on a road to success in your own life and again if you've been through that revolving door of uh, intakes and releases uh, in the prison system here in California or anywhere else. And this is what I love about podcasting, right? Because, I mean, some of you are listening to me uh, in other countries right now. Uh, I know Australia and the UK has uh, gotten on board, and and I got some listeners there. Um, I got listeners in El Salvador, Mexico, and and abroad. So it's, it's one thing that I like about podcasting, but... And here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. If you jump into a pool and go underwater and breathe in and breathe out, you're doing everything that you're supposed to do to live. But you're still in the wrong environment. And if you breathe in, if you're underwater and you breathe in and breathe out, you exhale, you're going to drown. So you got to change your environment. You have to change your environment to stay alive. And I'm a big believer on that. You know, when I got out, I didn't parole out to my old neighborhood. I didn't want to do that. I chose a city that was very far away, that was uh, unknown to me. It was a small city that had, 
I don't want to call it a gang problem because really, you know, there was, I think, one or two gangs there where I moved in. And by that time, uh, you know, even even if there was any trace of of a gang uh, affiliation in that particular city, it, it was pretty much done and dead. So I, I paroled there. And I did what I had to do, what I knew was right for me, in order to stay out. Because I was done. I was done with my prior lifestyle. I had given my life to Christ. And, and I knew that if I continued to see, to, to watch the same old, same old, to run into the same cats, the same dudes, the same, you know, homeboys, then that was going to be my demise. That, that was going to be uh, me going back in at some, at some point in time. And I'm glad, I'm glad that I decided not to go that route. I'm glad that I paroled to a place that I had no clue about. And here we are. I'm closing in on 30 years. You know, you might say, well, man, you look so young. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I'm close to 50 years now. And I'm closing in on it pretty quick. It doesn't, it just, it's almost like you wake up one morning and you go, what in the world? <laughs> and, and, you know. <laughs> your bones start to ache. Uh, I got a knee problem now. <laughs> uh, you know, things don't function the way they used to function when you're 20. <laughs> uh, but it's all good. And here's the thing, though, man. You got to change your environment. You got to you gotta be about you. This is about you. Not about your homeboys. Not about your neighborhood. Uh, those things, those things don't matter. Those are the very things that got you in there in the first place. You got to look at it that way. And I don't care what anybody says as far as, you know, uh, being down for the cause, for your neighborhood, for your gang, the loyalty. There is no loyalty in that. that let's, let's, let's cut that out, like right off the bat. There is no loyalty in that. And many of you will find out if you're not, if you're not listening to this, uh, uh, you might be hearing this, but you're not listening to this. And if you're not listening to this, you can go back in. I mean, that's pretty, if you don't change your environment, you're going to go back in. The chances of you going back in are high. You got to look at that. They're super high for you going back in. Why? Because it's a slip up. It's a setup. Because what tends to happen is the same fellas start coming around, same homeboys, right? Asking for favors. Now you're a big dog because you got out of out of prison, and people are looking up to you. They're you know they're tapping you on the shoulder. You made it out. You came out of the big house, and you're the big homeboy that everybody looks up to. And 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 it's very easy to get your ego stroked, and and, and then think about you know like like you're somebody now. And then there's the setup. And the setup is, all you got to do is have one slip, one slip up. That's it. One, one. You, you're not even if you're on parole. You know your conditions of parole for the most part is that you can't even hang out with the same folks. 
And so you, 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 maybe your next question to me would be, well, how do I do that? How do I move out? You know, my, you know, the economic situation in my household, come, uh, touching down and, and going home, um, you know, we can't afford to move out. You can't, you got to look at it this way. You can't afford to go back in. I've seen so many of my homeboys and other homeboys that, you know, from other neighborhoods that keep going back in. They're my age. And all they've done all their life is gone through that revolving door. And many of them are, you know, uh, <laughs> let's be honest here. Uh, they have a drug problem. They just, just, they just can't see themselves out of that neighborhood. And you got to change your environment. If you really want to stop the bleeding, you got to change your environment. You, you, you can't stay there and then assume or take a risk and think that because you're a Christian now, you're not going to get tempted. I see the problem like that with ordinary Christians, Christians that have never you know, spent a day in, in a jail cell. But because they are unwilling to change their environment, you look back, 10, 15, 20 years from now, and they're in the same spot. No growth. There's no, you know, they haven't extended their territory. They haven't really pushed forward. And they are spiritually stuck. And it's a sad situation because they keep repeating the same, the same thing over and over again. And they don't need to. They they really, they don't need to. But because they, they are willing to change their, their, their environment, they're there. And they have all the tools. Here's the thing. They have all the tools. And I'm not just talking about parolees here now. I'm talking about any anybody that's a professing Christian. If you want to see success in your life, a change, you got to be willing to take a risk and change that environment. It's really the first step. It really is. I mean, when we look at the scriptures, right, and the scriptures are true. When we look at, um, let's say, for instance, 1 Corinthians 15, 30, 33, 1 Corinthians 1533. Look at what it says there. Do not be deceived. It starts with that. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And then it says in 34, wake up from your drunken stupor as is right and do not go on sinning. I mean, I don't know how much more clearer you can get than that. It talks about the company that you hang out with. Don't think that because you're Christian and you're surrounded by bad habits, by, by, by habitual uh, um, you know, behaviors of others, 
that because just because you're a Christian, that's not going to affect you. If you keep surrounding yourself and putting yourself in the wrong environment, you are going to drown. That is going to affect you at some point. Now, you could say, well, I, I, no, it hasn't affected me yet. Well, either the Bible's true or it's lying or you're lying and, and not telling the truth. And I'm going to pick the Bible over you. That, that's, <laughs> that's easy. If you want to change your ways, if you want to change the outcome, you don't keep returning to the same areas, to the same sinful nature, to the same sinful situations. You, you quit. You, you stop it. And you go to another place. You change your friends. You change what's familiar, the streets. You cut it out cold turkey. Because what's important and what's at stake is your life. And I have so many, it is such a sad situation when Christians think that they're stronger than what they really are. I mean, over and over, the Bible tells us, right, not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. I mean, there's that, right? I mean, there, that's there. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be that one, one, one gal, that one girl, that one guy, that one parolee? that's going to continue in the same ruckus? Look at what Romans 12, 3. Because of the grace that God gave me, I can say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Right? But to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. It, it, it's, it's that easy. Let me give you the ESV of this. The ESV uh, translation. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So, and I've seen this happen to many, many good-hearted Christians, many that have been in the faith for a long time, and they fall to the same sin when they could avoid it. How? Change the way you fit into environments. Change the environment. If you keep doing the same thing and seeing the same results, you know, I don't want to bore you with the with the old cliche, you know, uh, of what insanity means. I'm over that. <laughs> That's another thing. I get bored really easy with the same, uh, uh, the same cliches. And sometimes even the scripture can become a cliche. If, if you're not doing 
a change, if you're not doing something different, you could very well use the scripture and it could be a cliche to you. Because if you're not exercising that, if you're not uh, walking according to that, well, you know, the scripture still remains faithful and true. But if we don't follow it, if we don't we don't apply it, then it's just like any ordinary thing to you, right? You got to change the environment. When you change the environment, your your mind starts to see things differently. You're clear headed. You're able to look with sober judgment. The first thing that I did, you know, uh, when I when I got out and I moved out to a, to a uh, city that was unknown to me, it was the perfect scenario because there was nowhere to go hang out with. You know, there was no corner that I knew. There was no uh, homeboys that were around me. In fact, I moved so far that nobody was really willing to gr- take a drive all the way over there if they would have known. But I did that for for a very, you know, a specific purpose for me. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was smooth sailing. It wasn't. Of course you have your doubts. Of course the enemy is going to come in and, and tell you, you know, you know, go hang out with these people. Go hang out with a homeboy or two. And I made the mistake of that as well. You know? But by the grace of God, by the by the mercy of God, I didn't get stuck. If you're on probation, if you're on parole, if you're a Christian that's never been, you know, sat one one afternoon in a jail cell, but you're in prison to your sin, change your environment. Change your environment. Maybe you started listening to us. You know, and you just can't came up on this on this podcast. He said it again, if you jump into a pool and go underwater and breathe in and breathe out, you're doing everything that you're supposed to do, but you're doing it in the wrong environment. You're gonna drown. See, if you stay in the same neighborhood, you could start going to church. You can start doing this, Bible study here, Bible study that. But sooner or later, chances are uh, uh, of it catching up to you, the temptation, the, you know, the hard timing, it's a word, a prison word, right, can hit you. And the temptation is there. And the next thing you know, you're in a circle of bad influence. And you're stuck, man. And all it takes is one, one bad move. And you have handcuffs on you. You're in the back of a seat of a patrol unit. And you're headed off to another stench in the county jail or worse, in prison. I say this to encourage every single one of you that are out there. 
Use sober judgment. Be, be so brutally honest with yourself. You have to prove nothing to no one else but you. You don't have to prove nothing to no one out here or in there. And that's another subject. You know, you're out here, man. You know what Jesus said to, to, to a certain group of people? I mean, these are things, man, that like Bible stories uh, are so unique and so real that if you allow it to minister to you, they'll work. They'll work in your life. I mean, look at what it says in, in Matthew 8.22. Because we get so, uh, you know, we get so concerned with what people think sometimes, and I know that when you're when you're raised in in a with a criminal mentality, you know that's it's it's almost like embedded in you. But look at what Matthew eight twenty two says. Jesus said, "Follow me, and let the dead bury." Their own dead. And he was responding to a request from one of his followers who asked to be excused from his responsibilities to go and bury his father. You know? And it almost it, it, it's almost like extreme, right? But it's not. When you look at it in the context of it, he's saying, I'm more important. Following me is more important than anything else, including... You go in and burying your own father. And as brutal as that might sound, it, it really isn't. Because really, you know, what people think about you, it, why are you so worried about that? Why is that of any concern to you? They're not going to pay your bills. They're not going to put food on your tables. They're not going to put a roof over your head. Your homeboys aren't going to do that. No one is no one's going to do that for you. And so your loyalty should be your loyalty should be directed to Christ the Lord and him only. And that's that. I think that when we come to that conclusion then you're setting yourself up for success. I mean, wouldn't you say that? I mean, if, if you were in and out of, of prisons, of county jails, in and out, in and out, in and out, success to you would be never going back in. That would be a huge success. But in order to do that, you change your environment. For those that you uh, that are Christians and and you and you battle areas in your life where it, it's sinful, you know you're not supposed to be doing certain things. Certain things are so like in your face that you shouldn't be doing, and you still find yourself in the same same mud over and over again. You didn't change your environment. 
You're trying to breathe in and you're trying to breathe out under water. And at some point, you will drown. And it's not going to be anybody's fault. This is why I'm so huge on uh, against a victim mentality. You can make yourself a victim. You can make yourself feel like, you know, my environment. You can you can you can blame it on family members because they weren't, you know, backing you up or supporting you. You can blame it on society. You know, you were raised in the poor neighborhood, boo you. Blame that. You can blame it on uh, the government for not having the sources, you know, land on your lap. You can blame it on the church. I see that so many times. So many times. Where the church is is like, you know, the scapegoat for, for their sin. Church is not their, you know, like, like God doesn't know your heart. Like God doesn't know your actions, your motives behind you blaming someone else. At some point, you got to grow up and say, you know, I, I, it's my fault. I got to be responsible for my actions. And I keep repeating the same, same thing over and over again. It's nobody's fault. That's, that's what I'm talking about when you become brutally honest with, with God, with yourself. You have no one to impress. No one. The number one reason that I find inmates returning back, convicts returning back to a cell, is because they take this victim mentality and they don't own their crime or crimes, plural. You know, <laughs> I could list tons of excuses of why, uh, 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 you know, why this, why that. And make people feel sorry for me. And I'm just not about that route. I'm not about that route. If you change your environment, if you seek after God, if you change your habits, if you change the people that you hang out with, you know what's crazy? Satan will always cause you, like, He'll tempt you, right? He'll put that that temptation in front of you. And then us, we fall into it. And if you keep falling into the same uh, the, the same the same sin over and over again, Satan will bring such a shame upon you. Such a shame upon you. It, it, it's almost like a blanket, like an oversized blanket. And... Lo and behold, you're blaming everybody else but your own actions. You know, it's, uh, I thank God for my parole agent. My parole agent didn't play games. My parole agent (laughs) would have locked me up so quick. Would have violated my parole really quick. And I thank God that I have that I had a parole agent that was a no nonsense parole agent. 
You got to get a job. You got to be enrolled in school. You got to be doing something productive out here or you're going back in. I needed that. Someone like me needed that. And the cool thing is that, you know, when you when when you said in your heart that you're going to change, that you're going to change where you're going to where you're going to live, where you're going to move. You change everything about your the, the the scenery around you. God provides. God really provides an atmosphere that is different, and it might be uncomfortable for a season. But He does that, and the next thing you know, you're surrounded by better. People, people that have goals, people that are going places. I hang out with people now that I would have never, never thought I'd ever hang out with. Why? How'd that happen? I changed my environment, man. And little by little, it's almost like God starts to kind of Throw cookies at you, right? You know, now I can trust you a little bit more. Now I can trust you a little bit more. You endured that. Now I now now I can bless you here. You passed through that test. You know that 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 was difficult for you, and and you endured. Let me give you a break here, and he does that. Everything in life is earned. Nothing's given. The only thing that 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 you didn't earn. That was free. The only thing on this earth that was actually free to you, it was paid by someone else, but free to you, was salvation. Him dying on the cross, he paid the price. So there was a price that someone had to pay, and that was the Son of God. And he gives you this salvation for free. And you could reject it or you can accept it and change and allow the gospel to change everything about you. That's how I stayed out. And it's, I'm going on 30 years pretty soon here. Yeah, I can't believe it, man. I got adult kids. And again, look, it wasn't easy. It's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of moments where, where I just wanted to throw in the towel. There was a lot of moments where I was in distress, right? A lot of moments where I came to church on, you know, less than a, you know like an eighth of a gas tank. You know, you, you know it's bad when, <laughs> when the needle is like hitting that E and you're on the way to church. But one of the things that I learned is that I wasn't going to allow anything to stop me from fellowshipping. I was going. I was not going to allow anything to stop me from fellowshipping. Man, I went to church. Uh, I remember at one point in my life, very early when I just got out, I was taking a bus from one city to another city just to rush to the train station and take an hour in a few minutes on that train. And then when I jumped out of that train, I got into another bus that was another hour 
It took me three and a half hours, I believe, to get to church on a Sunday morning. Church was at, I think it was at 10 or 11 o'clock. I'm not even sure. So far back. But that's what I had to do. And I woke up, you know, I still I still wake up at 4 in the morning. So that wasn't the problem. I'd get on the first bus, you know, and then on the train, on the first train, and then on the, on the next bus. And I was there. And I'd invite people to church. I, I, I've always had that mentality. I, like, I could do this. And even if I didn't know how to do something, it was just... I was just built in how to find out how to make it happen. And here we are almost 30 years later, and this big giant prison ministry who who works with 6,000 prisons in the United States, prison ministries, asked me to do... 10 to 15 episodes so they can present it to the Bureau of Prisons as a program, as a successful program on how I stayed out and and changed my life out here. They've asked me to do that, and we're currently working on that. And I'm excited. I, you know, <laughs> I would have never thought that, you know, somebody would ask me, you know, <laughs> to put a program like that together in a thousand years. But here we are. He takes you from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And to think that inmates that are about to get paroled will see I guess you could call it my system of how I stayed out. It really has nothing to do with me. It was just, you know, it was me and my relationship with Christ. And he did the rest, and all I had to do was obey. That's it. And not give up. So I want to encourage someone out there. If you're living in a lifestyle of sin, if you're out there and you're on parole, you can make it out. You have to put it into your heart that you're going to seek God. You're going to obey God no matter how you feel. And you're going to allow God to do whatever necessary changes need to happen into your heart, into your mind. You're going to change the environment and he'll change it for you. I'm telling you, he will change it for you. He'll make it happen. There will be a door. He promises that, that there'll be a door of escape. He'll make that happen for you, and then you just got to roll with it. And I'm, I'm just amazed at what God has done, continues to do in my life and the life of others. And look, I hang out with, with dudes that are stout, man. Dudes that, you know, they got issues. They got problems. They got struggles. But they're ex-convicts that, that, that are proven. That ex-convicts that are born again have successfully stayed out, are now helping others, are business owners, 
who have the same mentality. They're not victims. They don't take on that coat. They don't put that coat on. And they, they make it happen for their families. They're raising families. They, I know one cat that, you know, his kids are in, uh, in, uh, in private school as well. And dude's doing great things out here, man. And I have great talks with him. Like really heart-to-heart talks with him. And he's been out, I think he's been out for 19 years or something like that. Himself. That's what it takes. It's exactly what it takes. And I remember when he first got out. Long after he, he uh, you know, not long after he, he got out of him, you know, he, he wasn't where he's at right now. It took that many years for him to establish a very successful construction company. And the dude is doing great. And he's in the Lord. And he'll tell you straight up, it's all hard work. But at the end, it pays off. Now he has the ability to help people. And his story is a great story. So I just wanted to get on here and share that with you. Change your environment. Stop trying to breathe in and breathe out underwater. That doesn't work. You got to change your environment. Till the next one, I hope you're having a great, great day. And I hope that this somewhat helped a bit better on how you look at success. God bless you.